When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. When I say we, I mean me and my boy, John McMullen, the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. At least one of us is ready for Christmas because as we were talking just before the show started, Johnny Mac said, next week is Christmas? Man, you work too hard, McMullen. You don't even know what day Christmas is. It's uh, one day at a time, Jody. Yeah, it's this December 17th, so yeah, next Saturday. All you're right. you're, you're spending way too much time with Nick Sirianni one day at a time. No, no you need to know when Christmas is. I think, Eight I days think, out. I think Nick Sirianni would tell you that as well, but uh, that's a different conversation. I'll get to see Nick today, so more time with Nick Sirianni. Right, Hopefully, who knows? I yeah. might get the text that they're shutting down. Who know, Who knows with what's going on? We've world. got we've got a lot to talk about here on Birds 365 today. Uh, we'll try and stay as focused on the football game that will kick off at around one o'clock on Sunday, but there's so much surrounding it that we can't ignore it. Uh, we'll keep well, it. I'd on like the, to ignore it. Jeff. I know you'd like to, but it's our responsibility uh, to try and keep the Eagle fans informed as to what's going on and what effect it will have on the game on Sunday. But we'll start on the field before we get to all the COVID uh, craziness. Splitting reps in practice again. Jalen Hurts took the first reps, if you want to consider that uh, the, the deciding factor. He did go first in reps, reps in practice yesterday, but they were shared between he and uh, Gardner Minshew again. And I know you got a couple of minutes in at practice. I saw some video thereof. He's not moving all that great. Jalen no, Hurts not. is not moving like he usually does, which is one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the National Football League. Um, it, can can 24 slash 48 hours, however many hours you want to slice up between now and 1 o'clock Sunday kickoff, can that make that big a deal? It's now several weeks since he got hurt against the Jets. Are these key last 48 hours going to be the difference between Jalen Hurts being able to play and not being able to play? You know, I think they could be in a circumstance where, um, you know, say a playoff game and somebody's 50-50, I think it could make the difference in that type of circumstance. I don't think it's going to make the difference here because uh, – yeah, I don't think you have to push him back on the field. I don't think you have to. Uh, n- number one, you have a good backup quarterback, and that's what I think Gardner Minshew is, a good backup quarterback. 
And number two, you're obviously facing a team that has a lot of issues uh, itself that we'll get into, obviously. But um, I, I, I don't feel that sense of urgency, like a must. It's a must-win game from a playoff perspective that we talked about. But from uh, if we don't have this guy, we don't have a chance type of urgency. Uh, I, don't, I don't get that feeling. Um, you know, it's a high ankle sprain that's generally two to four weeks. Uh, we're in week number three. Um, from what I saw, he wasn't moving side to side. You know, I joked Dallas Goddard was probably the most honest person, and he, and he probably did it by mistake because when he asked, he said, well, he's not, and I'm paraphrasing, he's not limping as much as he was before, which indicates he's still limping. Limping, yes. Uh, he's just not limping as much as he was before, and that's what happens with these types of Incrementally, you get better as you get uh, farther away from the injury. You know, if it's the playoffs, maybe he'd push it. I, I don't think he needs to push it this week. That's why where I'm leaning towards the team saying, you know what, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll go with Gardner Minshew again, and we'll get more information as we get down there today. But, yeah, I mean, 20, 24, 48 hours, <clears throat> especially when you get closer to the end of the lifespan of an injury could could mean a lot, especially when you're doing rehab that entire time and stim work and all that stuff. It could it could make the difference. Um, but the guy I saw yesterday doesn't look ready to play. And, now, and you you actually saw him. I only saw video of him. Uh, the fact that the other quarterbacks going from drill to drill were at least jogging, and Jalen was walking so as not to put any added stress on that ankle was pretty much telltale, above and beyond what Dallas kind of had to say about him. Limping less, you could judge with your own two eyes that he's just not right right now, which means, yeah, I'm 100% with you. It's Gardner's show again on, on Sunday. I, our stance here on Birds 365 is pretty damn relevant. The only thing that matters is what is Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff decide. Do you think they've got a time or a spot on the calendar or in the week that they say, all right, we need to at least define. I'm sure they all have their own leanings in their own mind right now, and they're discussing it <clears throat> amongst themselves behind closed doors. But do they, they have a uh, time that they want to make sure – they let the team know this is what we're doing on Sunday. Yeah, last week was really Friday. They kind of made the decision. Uh, two weeks though, ago. Yeah, last sorry, week was by. Two weeks ago, yeah. Uh, you know, from talking to people, they really made the decision Friday with, you know, with the hope of uh, things turn in a miraculous direction. But, you know, like Dallas said that, oh, we didn't know until – game time and uh, even Gardner said that after the game when I asked him oh I didn't know until I was ready to go I mean he did but um so they'll probably play that part of it up but I I think they they probably already know and and they'll let the players in on it today and you know if you think about before the bye and it was our buddy Derek Gunn from the uh, uh post game show here on Jacob Media YouTube channel like share subscribe there I got it in Jed. Um 
he reported it Saturday because he was getting it from some players, so they knew it uh, early. And then, obviously, the NFL media confirmed it Sunday, and everyone, oh, it's real. It was real before that. It was real Friday. Um, so they'll have a, a really good indication uh, and they already have a really good indication. That's why I think it's going to be Gardner Minshew. Because you also have to throw in, Jody, obviously, um, the style of player Jalen is. I mean, why do you want to put him out there when a, a lot of his effectiveness as a runner is going to be limited from this injury? That's part of it as well. You don't have with a more traditional uh, pocket-style quarterback who's not mobile to begin with. Um, so it, ha- it, it hampers him more than it would, um, other styles of quarterbacks as well. So that part of it is, is thrown into the equation as well. And it should be, uh, that is, that's just doing it the right way. So I believe that that's exactly the way the Eagles will handle it. Um, I will add to the mix that, uh, we know that the coach likes the competitive advantage by not tipping his hand in advance. So I think he's going to play this way all the way till Sunday. There won't be a an official announcement as to who's starting till. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, off. I don't expect an official announcement today. You never know. He throws it out there on occasion, but I I, I certainly don't uh, expect it. But I got to tell you, from Ron Rivera's perspective. I don't even think he's looking at what's going on in Philadelphia. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I you know, if you think now, number one, in a normal circumstance, this is a veteran coach. It's not, you know, before the bye, it was a rookie head coach. Who, this guy's seen everything to begin with, but um, yeah, he's got too many issues. He's not worried about. Uh, he, he's got to figure out who's going to line up on the defensive line. Never mind who they're going to try to stop. So. Um, I, I don't think that those kinds of games matter at all this week. I don't think they matter all that much to begin with, but I mean, they don't matter at all this week. We'll get to the Redskins and all of their issues, their ever growing COVID reserve list, which is just, it's unheard of. It's unprecedented where that team. The Rams is. beat them already. The Rams are actually ahead of them. The Rams have more? I believe the Rams are up to 25. I forget Cleveland. Cleveland's in that range too. Cleveland, Cleveland might have less, but Cleveland's got some yeah, significance a at a yeah. position uh, that's kind of important to the National Football League, and will actually have an eagle tie to it. We'll get to that too. But one last question on the Eagles before we uh, branch out, and we do have to branch out to this COVID stuff because it's not just going to affect this week's game, but it's going to affect the Eagles and everyone else going forward because the NFL actually changed its policy as of yesterday, which both you and I speculated could happen during the day, and sure enough, it did. Um, If Gardner Minshew is going to start, and you're saying Jalen Hurts looks like 50-50, 50-50, could go, don't want to take the chance, err on the side of caution, all those. Is Jalen going to be the backup or is Reed Stinnett? Because two weeks ago, it was Reed Stinnett who we don't – I couldn't pick out of a, a uh, six-pack lineup if I were uh, sitting with a detective somewhere. Um, you want to win this game. And if you put Gardner Minshew in and Gardner gets hurt and Reed Stinnett comes off the bench – and you lose to the woefully undermanned Washington football team, and Jalen Hurts <clears throat> comes out and says Tuesday or whatever we talked to you guys, 
Yeah, I could have gone if need be. Yeah, Nick Sirianni's opening himself up for, for some pretty good second guess. Yeah, um, you're right in that type of scenario. But number one, I think Jalen Hurts is smart enough that he would not say that. He would understand. He uh, said he was going to play against the Jets two weeks ago. Yeah, and he he's a smart guy, and he learns from his mistakes. He's already uh, tempered that back this week. But I'm saying in that type of scenario – He's a really smart kid. He's not gonna. He's not gonna throw fuel on the fire and say, "Oh, we just lost this horrible game. I'm gonna go out and tell these knuckleheads I'm ready to go." He's not gonna do it. He's not. He's just too smart to do that. Um, so I I wouldn't be concerned about that. But the bigger the bigger part you bring up is if he's fifty fifty, is he gonna be the back of him? No, they're not going to dress him. If he's not starting, they're not going to dress him. Reeds and that's going to be the backup. Um, you know, San Diego. What what are what is you might know, University of San Diego, Jody. What is what is their nickname? The Aztec? I don't even know. Uh, that's where he went to college. So San Diego, you San Diego football football fans will be excited if he gets in there. But you can't. I mean, Gardner Minshew's a young guy. He doesn't have a large injury history. You can't assume he's going to get hurt, especially against a team that's so uh, – anything so, can happen. If you're so sure he's not going to get hurt, why not put Jalen in? Hey, so is so what? He's dressed on the sidelines. He never sees a snap. He never goes into the game. Hey, just, they dress him in just – They don't even want the inkling of a quarterback controversy. And, you know, if he's, if he's dressed – if he's capable of playing, he's going to play. Um, he's not going to be the bright glass in case of emergency guy. Okay. All right. Just wondering about that. All right. Uh, unfortunately, we do need to talk about COVID on today's show. Um, kudos and credit to Grant Paulson, who we had on our show yesterday. If you missed the show, you want to go back before Sunday's game, it's worth watching. Um, check out the interview we did yesterday with Grant Paulson. He's the host on 106.7 The Fan down in D.C., uh, Redskins day in, day out on the uh, Sports Talk Radio in the nation's capital. Good dude, smart dude. And we talked with him about the unbelievable amount of people on the reserve COVID list, which, oh, by the way, the Redskins added three more again yesterday <laughs> since last we spoke uh, on, on Verge 360. By the way, the Rams are at 25. So the Rams haven't beat. Oh, the Rams they, are They've 25. got more than the Redskins. Redskins are over 20 themselves. Um, it, that just trying to put together a roster is is the number one thing that the Washington football team has to achieve over the next 24, 48 hours before they take the field. Uh, but Joe, both John and I talked about before Grant came on, the NFL let it leak out that they were contemplating changing their COVID protocols because you have teams like Washington and uh, the Rams and the Browns who have 15, 18, 21, 25 players that are in the protocol as of right now, these are going to affect this weekend's games and they're going to put forth lesser products. And when the product is lesser, you think there's a possibility that dollars are affected. People aren't going to go to aren't going to spend their money. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are we being overly cautious here? Can we figure out a way to give a team a better chance to field a competitive roster in a given week? And sure enough, they did act. And Grant Paulson, who was on with us, hit it right on the head. He said, I think the first step they'll take will be for players that are vaccinated have to get two positive uh, negative tests in a uh, 24 hours apart 
to be reinstated. He said they'll probably cut that in half. They'll go back to one test for the player to pass to be able to not go back to. They've never had it before. Um, but they would just cut it in half from two to one. And sure enough, that's what Roger Goodell came out and did last night. They upped protocols in other ways, more masks, teams doing virtual meetings. They are trying to be protective of the players, but don't kid yourself. They're trying to protect their product more than anything else. So they are going to institute this new policy immediately. If you have one negative test, you can get back onto the field ASAP. What do you make of it, Johnny Mac? Um. A lot of hypocrisy, no surprise. Um, you know, the NFL made it very clear that um, trying to cover their you-know-what, that this is where the science and data is taking us. And I said, well, you can add uh, timing as well. That was a big part. It's magic how science and, and, and data uh, lined up at the exact right time you needed to lessen the protocols. Look, I've argued this is not an NFL problem. This is a societal problem, and it's not the NFL's responsibility. Number one, people look to the NFL way too much when it comes to issues like like this or social issues. This is an entertainment company at the end of the day. Uh, there are much more important people that should be leading us on these types of serious issues. So I put that caveat on there. But as far as what the NFL does... Um, you know, unfortunately, this has come at the worst time and the playoff push is coming. And, and I talked about, you know, Ron Rivera in Washington and talking with him. Players contacted me are very frustrated. They're testing positive. They're asymptomatic. They feel completely fine. Not even a sniffle, not even a scratchy throat. In other words, if you weren't testing them, they wouldn't even know they were sick. You wouldn't know they were sick. I'm not talking to you, Jody. I'm talking to listeners. Nobody would know they were sick because why would you test yourself if you feel completely healthy? But that's where we are in this society. And the NFL had a chance to lead here, but they can't lead because they don't have the guts to lead um, and, and say, you know what? We're not going to test vaccinated um asymptomatic players and that would have created uh, a positive impact twofold it would have encouraged unvaccinated players to get vaccinated because you have a better sort of carrot dangling in front of you no more testing uh unless you're sick all that stuff blah 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 and then you wouldn't have these issues of what is becoming very clear and i'm going to make this prediction and I'm going to guarantee I'm, I'm right. And I'm not a doctor. And you know the wing nuts are going to attack me, Jody. This at some point is going to be called an endemic, not a pandemic. And what that means is it is a seasonal issue. It's not going away. Ever. And we're going to have to live with it. And, you know, older people like myself, I don't want to put you in that category. Feel free. But you're going to raise your hand. We should do more to make sure that we're safe from these types of things, just like the flu, just like any other respiratory illness. And this one's more serious, so more so. As far as young, healthy people, which the majority of NFL players are, 
They're not going to be affected by this. That's the reality. You can point out, I can't point out right now, one, I'm sure it'll happen at one point, but from a statistical standpoint, that's going to be insignificant. And that's going to uh, relate to probably underlying causes that people might not even be aware of. So you can say, well, that's why you test. Well, then we should test for everything. And you can't live your life that way. So the NFL had a chance to lead to save their season. They don't have the, the you-know-what to do that. That part of it's not their fault. We are where we are. They're trying to get as many, as many vaccinated, healthy players on the field. The science and data has lined up at the perfect time because guess what? Science is like everybody else. They don't want to turn off the NFL. Yeah, science uh, amazingly happens to come to the forefront when you've got three teams with double-digit guys yeah. on the, the timing is amazing, program. isn't it? Unbelievable Jody? how that scientific breakthrough just happened to coincide with three teams not being able to field teams this weekend. Amazing how amazing. sometimes things yeah. work out. Uh, he is John McMullen. and I am Jody McDonald. We'll continue this conversation. We're hoping to have game day crats. You know, you know, I'm going to pimp that about uh, Brandon Brooks, right? I warned him. I warned yeah, him. Yes, I got to give him a hard time. He almost I mean, made a mistake. He said he couldn't come on. He doesn't we, want to. He doesn't want the wrath of Jody. McDonald. Yeah, he. Well, I'm going to go easy on him. He may have COVID for all we know, so I'm not going <laughs> to beat him up real bad. But I got to at least mention it. Uh, uh, did, did you see Brandon down at the facilities yesterday, John? No, I haven't seen Brandon yeah. in a long time. I no saw one. Isaac. Isaac Sayamalo still in a walking booth. I saw mm-hmm. him this week. Saw Brandon Graham. Brandon, I see Brandon a lot, but Brandon's fine. You you would think he could play uh, the way he's moving around. Um, unfortunately, he can't. Uh, but yeah, I have not seen Brandon Brooks, and that's one of the 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 you know why we have so many questions. There's something going on that isn't involved with the injury, and it's probably more contract related. We shall see about that. All right, uh, Ed, game day. Ed Cratch joins us next here on Birds Three Sixty Five. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Your birds, 365 guys here, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. We are joined by our third feathered friend, uh, Ed Kratz, John's partner at Sports Illustrated and a frequent contributor here on Birds 365, enough so to merit the nickname Game Day Kratz, since we usually have him on on Friday, getting that much more ready for game day. Hey, Ed, let's talk COVID. Let's not talk about games. Let's talk about the COVID issue. It, this is not going away anytime soon, is it, Ed? No, and that's part of that's a big part of game day, Jody. Right? I mean, all these teams are impacted, and yeah, it's kind of scary that it's come down to this. But um, you know, Ron Rivera, who the, you know the Eagles will play Washington Sunday, obviously, and you know he, he was on a conference call this week, and he said a lot of his guys they feel fine, you know, but they're testing positive, and you know, I guess the NFL NFL has found a way to kind of deal with that. Instead of having to pass two tests now, uh, 24 hours apart, get two two positive or negative tests, I should say. Now it only takes one to return to play. So maybe that'll help uh, some of these guys get off the COVID list. But, yeah, it's it's a big issue right now. Yeah, now they're talking about viral load, Ed, and you got to be an epidemiologist to, to cover the NFL. And they're talking about, oh, is this guy contagious? Is this guy not contagious? It's a giant mess. But yeah. uh, from a football standpoint, they obviously are going to try to get the games in because everybody wants the games in. And um, we got a playoff race to deal from. And in a league perspective, and look, right now, as we sit here entering uh, week 15, which started last night with an exciting game, Kansas City continues their run. Um, but Washington would be the final team right now in the NFC side of the playoff bracket. They're six and seven. The Eagles are one of the teams right behind them at six and seven. And if you don't have 21 players or whatever Washington is at this point, that impacts the playoff race. And how do you feel about that from a league perspective? Not just because the Rams are a potential playoff team. Chicago is down all their coordinators right now. Um, every single one of them. Cleveland doesn't have their head coach and has significant players. All of these will have impacts on the playoff race from the league standpoint. That Should they be concerned about that part of it? 
Well, you know, we're so far down the road here in the NFL season. Um, you know, and I'm a fan of football myself. I, I don't want to see it swerve off of the side of the road here into a ditch because then I don't know what becomes of these games that if they were to have to start canceling them, then what, you know, then you're probably extending your season and there is no guarantee that it, it's going to get really any better. Right. I mean, it's the same situation as last year. So I, you know, even though it's going to impact some of these playoff races and maybe even the playoffs themselves, I think, you know, you try to stay the course for as long as you possibly can if you're the NFL and you just keep pushing forward and, and doing the best you can. And, you know, even you could say, well, let's give them each team five more guys you can add to your practice squad. I mean, at this point in the season, you know, even that's tough to do. Uh, because, you know, all these offenses and defenses are set with their schemes and you'd have to come in and really hit the ground running to be effective. So, uh, you know, I think the best course of action right now is is what they've done is to kind of pass this new policy that says, OK, we only need one negative test in a 24 hour period to become, uh, you know, eligible to play and, and see how that goes. But you know, I hate to see them start canceling games. I think that's really the last, last, last resort if you're Roger Goodell and company. Um, so I think it's just going to just keep on. They're just going to keep marching forward here, and I'm okay with that. And I know you guys got a chance to talk to the head football coach of the Washington football team, Ron Rivera, uh, this week. I give him a ton of credit because the, the, the work he's got in front of him is off the charts with how many players he's got out with the uh, COVID protocols. He didn't complain once with you guys. And uh, usually there's someone who stands up and says, wait a minute, we as a league are mishandling this. Uh, there's a lot of egos in coaching, and I'm surprised that no one has stepped out yet and taken a stance. I guess they all do uh, kneel to the shield. But uh, Ron Rivera seemed like a guy who was just, uh, my task is my task. I'm going to do what I have to do. We're ready to play the Eagles on Sunday. I say good luck to that because I think his task is almost impossible, but (laughs) I got to give him his props because he hasn't complained and or suggested any changes. He has fallen in line with what the NFL wants to do. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, Ron Rivera, you know, he walked through the hottest fire an individual can walk through and that's cancer. You know, I mean, he, he went through a real big struggle with cancer and didn't complain through that. I mean, maybe he did privately, but, you know, he didn't complain through that. And, you know, that positive attitude really helps when you're battling that kind of a disease. So he's not going to complain about this. I mean, he's, he's seen a lot harder, faced a lot harder in his own personal life. And you're right. It's, it's gotta be tough for him to coach. I mean, remember when the vaccines became such a big deal at the beginning of the season, Washington was one of the lowest vaccinated teams in the league. And then you heard Ron Rivera complain that these guys They have to get vaccinated, you know, I mean, and especially for him, you know, he's a cancer survivor. You know, why would you want to put your your coach and your head coach in jeopardy like that? Uh, So he did complain then, But, he, you know, listen, he's just going to play the hand he's dealt, which he's done through, you know, through this cancer challenge that he went through. So, I I mean, even if the, the football team gets some of these guys back, it's just been such a weird week with them having to be away from the facility. They're not involved. Maybe they are virtually. Maybe they're involved in meetings virtually. Yeah, uh, they have to do those so-called walkthrough reps that you need. So even if you get some of these guys back, you know, today or Saturday or on game day, it's going to be a real struggle for Washington to to field a you know representative team. I think. 
Yeah, and it's interesting you bring up because you're right, Ed. Uh, Ron was one of the guys who lobbied the most to get his players vaccinated uh, because Washington was one of those teams that was dragging its speech, uh, a large portion of them, and he was successful. He had mentioned he's over 90% now. So um, I think that's one of his frustrations is, look, I got these guys on board. I got them. They did everything they're supposed to do. And now they're testing positive, but they're asymptomatic. They're vaccinated. They're completely healthy. And you're telling them they can't play. That's the part he could have complained with. But he's the nicest guy in the world outside of Pete Thompson, who we had on the show yesterday. Um, And he won't complain. But that's sort of some of the frustration. And you did hear it bubble up. I asked him that question on the conference call. And he said, yeah, guys are frustrated. But he's not going to be one of those squeaky wheel types. And that's good for the Washington football team because they have Daniel Snyder issues. They have all kinds of issues to finally have somebody in place. Guy not hard to root for. People on Birds 365 are not going to like that. But they should remember Ron Rivera when he was here. And he lived in Cherry Hill. And he was one... That first Andy Reid coaching staff, I'm getting off on a tangent. Boy, that was spectacular. That first coaching staff that Andy Reid had, that is one of the best coaching staffs ever assembled in the history of the NFL, if you look at that thing. It's amazing. And Ron Rivera was a part of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd be challenged to remember all those names. But, uh, you know, Brad Childress, I guess, was part of that. And uh, Jimmy Jim Johnson and... Uh, you know, John Harbaugh, you know, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a good staff and yeah, Ron Rivera was here, but yeah, it was, that was so long ago. I mean, there's a whole new really generation of Eagles fans that aren't going to remember that. And, but you're, you're right. Ron Rivera is just a, a nice man, you know, off the field. Uh, it, it is hard to root against him. And when he was going through his cancer battle, man, I was, I was rooting hard for that guy. Obviously I think everybody was so, um, but you know, Fans are going to draw the line between off the field and on the field. And when they hit the field on Sunday, they're, you know, Ron Rivera's enemy number one in the fans' eyes. Ed Kratz, during your time down at the uh, Eagles Central this week, did you have kind of like, where's Waldo? Where's Brandon Brooks? Did you see <laughs> ah, him? Did you I see warned. him? Has there been any sighting I of Brandon it. Brooks down at the uh, Eagles' home? There has not been any sighting of Brandon Brooks. Uh, I know, Jody, I came on last week and I said I had a hunch, you know. Yeah, people Listen, ran with that. Poor Ed, man. Well, I, people did run with that. And, it, and and I said, it, you know, and I saw a story I was quoted in and it said it was a hunch, okay. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you, you're a gambling man, right, Jody? Sure. Like the, I play the, hunches. You play hunches. And, and you know, I was like playing roulette, man. I put it all on the red 79 <laughs> and I spun the wheel and, uh, you know, I, I crapped out. So, uh, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? I like the red 79. Now, speaking <laughs> of hunches, Ed, my hunch is we're not going to see quarterback one this week, Jalen Hurts, uh, after seeing him at practice yesterday. I don't know. Wasn't moving side to side all that well uh, to me. His ankle, um, his left ankle looked taped pretty heavily, um, certainly looked larger than the other ankle. And maybe it was Dallas Goddard who kind of told us the truth, uh, you know, 
didn't want to, but kind of said he's not limping as much, basically, <laughs> which indicates he's still limping. Yeah. Um, he wasn't necessarily running between drills, whereas Gardner Minshew and Reed Sinet were. What's your hunch? You gonna put it on red number one this week, or are you gonna <laughs> you're gonna take well, it off the table? So you want another hunch after I whiffed on my hunch from a week ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta I, get back I, right I, back I on the horse. Exactly man. right. Uh, yep. Listen, hey, look, I'll get back up on that horse. And you know, I do like to play the ponies. I'm a big, you know, I like the the horses. So uh, you know, I'm gonna get back up on top and I'm gonna say, yeah, uh, I think that's my hunch as well that Jalen Hurts is going to sit this one out again yeah. uh, based on what what we saw on Thursday. Um, but, you know, there's still, what, 72 hours from Thursday before kickoff. And uh, I'm not sure he'll be ruled out when we talk to Nick later on Friday. Uh, I think he'll continue to play this competitive advantage game, I would guess, and probably um, just say that he's going to be questionable and he'll be another game day decision. But, yeah, I think it's going to be the Gardner Minshew uh, game once again against Washington. And, uh, you know, cause you're right. Hertz didn't look good. I did see him do one of those crazy, you know, grab the ankle back stretches that I used to be able to do in my younger day, reach back and pull that ankle up to the middle of your back. I did see him do that with his left ankle. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, that looked kind of like it would be hard to do if your ankle was really killing you. But he did it. Or you but, might want to stretch it out if it's really killing you. Yeah, that's true. That yeah, yeah. I didn't, you know, but he, I did, you know, it's hard to see if he winced because he had the helmet on. But I, I don't know. But you're right. Dallas Goddard came out and said what he said. You know, that was my implication or my read of what he said was he was implying that, yeah, Hertz is still kind of limping around. So, um, yeah, unless there's some kind of magic healing wand that you can wave over these next, you know, 48 hours now until game time, I'd say it's Gardner Minshew's show again on Sunday. All right. So if the answer to question one is Gardner Minshew starting, let me ask a question, too, because John already uh, answered this in our first segment. I want to see if you're in the line with him. I'm not as locked in as John is. Gardner Minshew starting. Dale Hurts just not 100%. They don't want to risk him going in there and potentially re-injuring himself. He can't play to the best of his capabilities. Let's go with Gardner. Who's the backup? Because if you go with Reed Stanett and something happens to Minshew and somehow you lose this game to an undermanned Washington football team staff and Jalen Hurts could have played and we'll never know exactly what his percentage number of health was but oh he'll be asked about it and people will question whether it's actually truth coming from him or not do you take that chance if if you know he's 85 percent then he could go in and he could keep a lead rather than give it up do you put him out there john suggested they'll stay away from that because of fear of quarterback controversy I have fear of losing a game the Eagles can't and shouldn't lose against an undermanned Washington team. So I, uh, I think if uh, unless he's like mortally wounded, I got him in as my backup for this week. How about you? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, an eighty-five percent Jalen Hurts. I mean, what he's a big, obviously a big running threat. You know how how impacted would he be by that fifteen percent that isn't healthy in the run game? Um, I think the Eagles have enough confidence in their run game without Jalen Hurts. Look, they went for another, uh, you know, they went for over 175 yards without Hurts against the Jets when Minshew was in there. I think they would have enough confidence in their run game that 
Should something happen to Minshew, we can put Reed Sinet in there and we can run the football and we can ask him to just manage the game. Uh, you know, we don't want him to do too much. But listen, he I think he's capable of completing some passes, uh, you know, if he's not asked to do too much again. Uh, so I would probably go with Reed Sinet. And, you know, listen, Nick Sirianni's got this track record of working with so many different quarterbacks in, you know, the last five years now, you know, from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew. I think I would have enough confidence in him to put together the kind of game plan that if, yeah, if we need Reed Sinet to come in to play two quarters, three quarters, whatever it might be in an emergency situation, I can have the kind of game plan ready for him where he can be successful. What do you think Nick's biggest hurdle is this weekend? And the fact that, look, Washington is down 21 players as we speak now on the COVID list, and we don't even bring up the injuries and the fact that uh, Taylor Heineke is banged up, the quarterback. I think they're down to their fifth or sixth center, and it's our old buddy John Toth who was on the Eagles practice squad way back in the day. Um, uh, Terry McLaurin is, is probably the one positive he's been limited. So it looks like he's going to be able to advance through, uh, concussion protocol if he doesn't get put on COVID by over the next couple of days. And JD McKissick is still not playing. He's been out with a concussion. He's still not out of the practice. So they have a ton of injury issues on top of the COVID issues. So if you're Nick Sirianni, how do you stop the human nature aspect of saying, oh, you know, we got this one in hand? Because that's the only thing I, I think the Eagles are battling this week is how do you not take this team for granted? And is it impossible not to have that human nature and say, oh, look what's going on down there. Maybe we can take the foot off the gas a little bit. Well, first of all, I would remind the players that you guys are a coach, to- by the way, Ed, you're a coach. Tell me how you do it with your kids. I would remind them that uh, you only have six wins, okay? You shouldn't be overlooking (laughs) anybody. It's not like you're coming in here with double-digit victories under your belt. You guys have six wins. We've had one two-game winning streak, and I would kind of knock them down a couple pegs to kind of avoid that. Um, That's kind of what I would do, just to kind of remind them that, you know, hey, we're not the 1985 Bears here. We have to go out and play and win, and every game is going to be – a hard fought game. And I liked what Alex Singleton said on Thursday about, you know, the scariest guy in the NFL is the next man up because, you know, he's the guy that is hungry to play. He's the guy that can maybe provide a spark. Uh, he's been in all the meetings. He's been in, you know, all the practices. So he he's ready to come in and say, Hey, I belong in the NFL. And when it comes from a player like Alex Singleton, who was that player at one point in his career, and you could say he still is. I mean, nothing is ever given to a player like Alex Singleton, even after some success that he's had in this last year and a half or so. Um, he knows what he's talking about. And I, I thought that was a really good point is that that's the scariest player is that next man up. But I think we talked about this on Thursday, you and I, John, and, you know, yeah, you can say that, but when you have 21 next man's up, next men up, (laughs) next man's, you know, there's good (laughs) English for you. Uh, Next (laughs) men up. uh, That's a big, that's a big task. Uh, Yeah. Maybe you can do the next men up if there's five of them, but 20, possibly 21. I don't think it's going to be 21. I think they're going to get some guys back here. Uh, But you know, even if it's half, you're still have 11 guys. Um, 
I think I did that math right. Yeah, half of 27. Yeah. So, yeah, even if you get 11. Like 17 games in the NFL. There's no yeah. midway point no anymore. Midway. No. And then they pick a great year to go to 17 games, you know, with a pandemic raging. Yeah. And now, look, guys are limping to the finish line here. Week 15, guys are hurt. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Crazy timing on that. But, uh, yeah, I think the next man up thing from Singleton was a big tell. I think that's what you kind of ride with as well. After you knock them down a few pegs, remind them you guys are six wins, man. You know, not good enough. We can't overlook anybody. Uh, I almost feel badly bringing this up because as you correctly note, Washington's got 21 guys with COVID issues. The Eagles have two. Only yeah. one of which really counts because Mr. Harnley's on the practice squad. Uh, but there's a good chance Quez Watkins can't play this week. The Eagle wide receiver position right now is not jumping off the charts because it's Devontae Smith. Then your guess is as good as mine. And Quez would be the number two guy. And he's not the number two right now if he can't go on Sunday. So, why? again, I feel badly asking this question. Because the Eagles aren't nearly as handicapped as Washington is, but what are they going to do to replace Quez Watkins if he can't go? Well, they're going to throw it a lot to number six and number 88, Dallas Goddard. You know, that's kind of the game plan. And, you know, maybe you mix in some throws to Rager and, you know, crush your fingers that he catches it. Uh, you know, and then, listen, I know they've moved away from Greg Ward, but, you know, he's proven to be an adequate receiver. And if you need him to fill in, okay, maybe you get him some more snaps. Maybe you get him three targets during the course of a game. Uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, dare we say, maybe he gets, yeah. a, you know, a target or two. I doubt it. I think they'd probably go to Ward more. Um, but John Hightower was the guy they protected on the practice squad, so he would be elevated. Um, I saw a lot of on my social media sites, a, a lot of love for Travis Fulgham, perhaps bringing him back. He just got released from wherever he was, Miami, I think. Miami, yeah. But, Too late you know, now. Yeah, yeah and they, right. And, and they, that was earlier in the week. And they've moved on from, from Fulgham. Uh, you know, he just, for some reason, he was a four or five game flash in the pan, and, and that was it. Uh, so I think where you go, Jody, is you just go with six and 88 and you sprinkle in some targets for Rager, maybe Greg Ward. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure how much a role Giant Hightower would play, but he'll be the guy that would be elevated and active if Quez can't answer the bell. And listen, to your point about COVID, I mean, kudos to the Eagles. They've been they've taken a very proactive approach on this whole COVID thing. Now, it probably helped that maybe they were off uh, on a bye this past weekend when this whole thing started to hit. Um, but the flip side is, you know, they could have been out, you know, running around with friends, family, going to parties, going to bars, whatever. But they probably didn't do that. And even Devontae Smith, who said before uh, going up to the Jets game that he was going to be in New York for the Heisman, he even skipped going to the Heisman because he didn't want to be in New York uh, in that environment. So, you know, kudos to the Eagles for taking a proactive approach, getting their players to buy in, to stay healthy. Uh, and, you know, I just want to mention that, that they only have two guys where that's probably the lowest in the league. Now, maybe there are other teams that don't have anybody, but yeah. that's that's a pretty good number. <laughs> yeah, it is a pretty good number, especially this week. And, uh, you know, I think every coach in this league uh, crosses his fingers at about four o'clock Eastern time. That's when uh, the transaction wire kind of goes through and you see all the names start to trickle out that have been added to the COVID list. The Rams are up to 25. The Washington football team, as we mentioned, Cleveland's in the high teens. Uh, their coach is out again. Man. Um, Chicago is down every single coordinator, offensive, defensive, special teams. 
and they added a bunch of players. It, it, it's ugly. And, you know, I almost want to talk about football so I don't have to talk about COVID. So I'm going to talk about football. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the defense. The Eagles have made, and by the way, uh, the offense too. And they've sort of put together, as you want to do, this demarcation line of, hey, since week eight, this team's been pretty sticking good. And they're like top 10 in a whole bunch of defensive categories. Um, is it just as simple as, well, pre-week eight, uh, you had Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr and on and on and on. And post-week eight, you've had Jared Goff and Trevor Simeon and Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. Is it is the improvement just from the talent or are they getting better? Yeah, I think I, you know, I think it's probably a combination, but I do think they are getting better. It'd be interesting to see if the schedule were flipped and they were playing these, uh, you know, the Simeons and, you know, the Joneses and some of these other quarterbacks of the world earlier in the season and waiting till the end to play Mahomes and Brady and uh, Herbert. Uh, but it wasn't the case. So, okay, you could have, you could have still been bad coming out of that stretch of good quarterback play, but they weren't, you know, they've, they've seemed to kind of have gotten uh, a better handle on what, you know, this personnel can do from, you know, from Jonathan Gannon's standpoint, but there's still some hiccups, you know, I mean, this is still an undermanned defense in my opinion. I know they've improved, but you know, they gave up three touchdowns to the New York jets on their first three drives. I mean, there's still an issue, I think, with the defense. And even though the numbers look good and you can make the numbers look however you want, but I, I still think that this is a defense that could – is kind of a house of cards, if you ask me. I mean, they, they could play uh, poorly. Um, but I liked how Gannon kind of adjusted. He knew how to adjust against the Jets. He made some different calls. Um, that sack that Josh Sweat recorded in that game kind of helped turn things around. And he mentioned that was a play call that they decided to go with. So – you know, I think he's got a better handle on how things go. And that's just part of the growing evolution of, of the way the season has gone for a new coaching staff. All rookies at the coordinator, well, defensive coordinator and the head coach are first year uh, in those positions for those guys. So, yeah, I think it has gotten better. Um, and I think some of that is a product of knowing each other, knowing the strengths and weaknesses, et cetera. And another part is is the schedule, you know, playing softer quarterbacks. But I don't think it's all of that. I think there's more to it than just that. All right, Ed, tell me if uh, my theory on the game and how it's going to play out offensively for the Eagles holds any water or not. Uh, one of the most favorite topics to talk about here in Philadelphia and has been for decades, run-pass ratio. <laughs> I'm going to give you a 70-30 split this week. 70-30 run to pass. And that's with a, if Gardner Minshew starts, a non-running quarterback. The Eagles have been up in that area before 66, 32 to one. Uh, I'm going a little past that, uh, but they've done so with Jalen uh, Hurts running the football. We don't think Gardner is going to be called for designated run plays on Sunday. So it's going to all be on the running backs to put up that 70% and just keep churning out first down after first down after first down. I think they can do that against this decimated Washington defensive line. Can Nick Sirianni go that heavy-handed to establish and just continue to ride the run to a victory on Sunday? 
I like this game plan against the Jets. You know, he had Minshew throw the ball pretty uh, often and early to kind of get the lead and to move the ball down the field. And then he took the air out of it in the second half and ran more, which we have seen him do that in the past when Jalen Hurts was under center. Uh, but, yeah, I think they'll try to run the ball again. I, I, you know, they went into New York, a kind of a wounded group in the backfield. Then Miles Sanders ended up with a career-high 24 carries in that game because Boston Scott had an illness. He was up, but he didn't do much. Kenny Gainwell's still a rookie. You don't want to give him a whole lot. He did run the ball late, career-high 54 yards for him on the ground. But now I think you're going to get Jordan Howard back. Uh, he was listed <laughs> as limited in Thursday's practice, but – the time that we were out at practice, he seemed to be doing things pretty well. Um, so that's going to help. And I'm assuming Boston Scott as well. He's over his illness. So, yeah, I think they're good. They have kind of that stable of running backs back again. So you don't need Miles Sanders, who is, you know, kind of nursing this ankle injury that he's had. He re-aggravated it late against the Jets. But I, I don't think you'll see him with 24 carries, especially if Howard's up and Scott's healthy again. Now you have four running backs again. Uh, that you can use. So yeah, they're, they're going to construct a game plan, Jody. I think that's going to call for a 70, 30, you know, run to pass ratio once again, and they're going to see how that goes. Eagles love it. So last one for me, Ed, and everybody read Ed and me (laughs) at si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles, or make it much easier for you. Eaglemaven.com. You crapped out on Brandon Brooks. I think you're going to win your money back on Jalen Hurts. But I got, I'm going to ask you to put your money back on the table. Who are we talking about after this game? Who's going to be the star of this game? Because mm-hmm. I, 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 predictions don't even matter. Jody's going to ask you the prediction. But I don't know who's playing. So I'm going to give you a prediction too. But that part doesn't matter. From the Eagles' standpoint, though, presumably they're going to play this game. Who's going to be the star of the game? Who are we talking about after the game? Who's going to be the star of the game? Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll, well, you're right about it. It could be Gardner Minshew. Uh, but, you know, I'll go with the running back. I'll, I'll go again with Miles Sanders. I mean, he still doesn't have a touchdown. Uh, I think they really have tried in recent games to get him a touchdown. Uh, you know, I think he's going to get a touchdown in this game, and I'll go with All Miles right. Sanders. I'll say he'll be the star of the game. Yes. That's not a bad line of thinking. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll ask you your prediction on the game. But before that, I've got a question for you. And if you need to phone a friend, a.k.a. your buddy and fellow <laughs> video, white uh, John McMullen, he can jump in in here and help you. What's a Torero? Oh, I know. I know. Uh, yeah. Isn't that something that they wear, you know, the hat uh, in Mexico and the Fiesta? Well, you're in the right hemisphere, at least. Well, uh, it is, but yeah. I think Jody's going to. That is the nickname of the University of San Diego uh, for star backup quarterback Reed Sinets. <laughs> the San right? Di- University of San Diego Toreros. Yes. That's their nickname, the Toreros? Yes. The Toreros. Yes. <laughs> A Torero could be running the Eagle offense by the fourth quarter with the game on the line on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> Or he could be running the, the show in the fourth quarter because the Eagles are up 30. That's true. Straight. That's probably more likely. Yeah. Uh, That's mop a great up duty for Reed Sinet is probably more likely. The Toreros. Yeah. I, I, I hope that's the case. Uh, he, three options. Reed never sees the light of day. Sorry, buddy. 
Reed gets in for mop-up duty. Yeah, we'll take that. Reed is the man who decides the game in the fourth quarter. Wow. I'm sorry I want to avoid that option. That's why I'm dressing Jalen Hurts as the backup. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It could go down that way, but listen, I, you know, again, I put my trust in Sirianni that if they need Reed Sinet, he'll have a game plan. He'll, he'll be ready. Okay. Oh, he's uh, watching Torero film as we speak. <laughs> <next> <laughs> All right, Cratchy, on the record, how do you see this going, even though there are 97 question marks to be answered between now and kickoff? That's what we do. We get out in front of it. We don't need no stinking answers. We can use our crystal ball and tell what's going to happen on Sunday. What do you got the Eagles and the Washington score? Yeah, hard to pick against, uh, you know, the Eagles coming out of a bye week. Uh, They understand what this game means. And then Washington, like you said, 97 question marks. It's hard to see them winning this game. Uh, So I'm going to ride with the Eagles. And I think the Eagles, they've done a good job scoring 30 points this season. have done it in six of their 13 games, almost half of their games. So that's the magic number. They're five and one when they hit that number. I'm going to call for an Eagles 31 to 17 win Sunday. Well, you and I are close. Uh, Johnny and I will give our scores later, but I like the fact that you said 30 could be a key. Could very well. Ed Kratz, thank you very much. We'll get you up again next week, buddy. Uh, keep masked up when you're down there next to McMullen because he's looking <laughs> a little peaky to me today. I don't know what that yeah. means. but just yeah. look a little- I'm going to be on Leper Island soon enough, as we say. <laughs> Uh, All right, guys. Have a good week. That's Ed Kratz. Game day Kratz here with us on Birds 365. All right. uh, And John. By the way, real quick, Jody, it isn't. uh, 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 Torero is a bullfighter. I just learned that. I did not know that. He said the hat. That's why we said Mexico. That's why I said at least he's in the right uh, stratosphere. Yeah. Uh, I did not know. Torero is another word, another name, probably another type. Uh, sorry, my Spanish. I've forgotten everything I ever learned in Spanish uh, many, 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 too many yeah. years ago. Uh, but it is a matador of sorts. Yeah. So I I uh, I uh, took uh, two two years of Spanish in high school, two years of Spanish in college. All I got out of it is El Gato, es Rojo. I can't even roll my R's, and that means the cat is red. The cat is red. That's the sentence you remember more that's, than anything else in yes, Spanish. Yes, I correct. did. We both had four years. I did. Three I can't in high roll school. my. I still can't roll my R's, Jenny. Did three in high school, one in college, but we both did four years. I can say some things that could. Can you I roll you your say, R's? Uh, I guess you can say anything you want on uh, YouTube, right? Yeah. They may yeah. su chocha. Do you know what that means? <laughs> no right, no clue. Uh, I'll have Tell me look. in the private chat. Uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll have you look it up. And there are some uh, Spanish-speaking guys that are going, man, I can't believe Mac just said that on YouTube. <laughs> we'll come back here with Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald returning here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McMullen and Jody McDonald, we would be your birds 365 Mac and Mac guys. We still got an hour to play here on a football Friday. Yeah, Ed Kratz. On the record, thinks the Eagles are a two-touchdown winner. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I think the Eagles are going to win the game. I just haven't decided exactly what score I'm going to attach to it yet. Both John and I will get on the record uh, before this hour comes and goes. Um, Johnny Mack, I asked that about uh, how you fill in for Quez Watkins if he is not cleared. And there is a chance he can be cleared. As they uh, indicated uh, with the NFLs changing their rules, now he only needs one negative test between now and Sunday, and then he can be activated for the game because those new protocols went into effect immediately. So there's a better chance that Quez Watkins can play. There's also a better chance that the 20-plus on the Washington football team uh, COVID reserve uh, list can also get back in and play because they now just have to pass one test to be able to get back into the lineup. So it affects both teams. But who knows? Maybe Quez is uh, seriously got it and it's not going to go away immediately. And we could be waiting a week or two for it to clear before he can get a negative test. Yeah. One of the things, and uh, I don't know, 
this is one of the weird things my mind works and perhaps that's why I became a reporter <laughs> not enough reporters ask these simple questions well you know one of the things I in the NFL uh, gave us the figures yesterday that uh, 20% of guys who were um, vaccinated and asymptomatic were able to come back uh, in, in, in a same week and under the old system of two tests. But um, so one in five is not a great number. But if you fail the test, Jody, and then you pass a test um, in that time frame, doesn't it indicate the original test uh, wasn't very good? Could um, be. I, I, yeah, you know, and now they're starting. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply talk about viral load levels and nobody asks these questions that we talked about ron rivera being frustrated these are my frustrations like why is this not common sense so you're basically indicating if these players get back on the field if the vast majority of these players get back on the field you're basically saying well the testing is bullshit uh, we're cursing too much on 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 twitter today and you'll get canceled if people know what you just said in Spanish. But um, I, I digress. Why Why are these questions not being answered? And again, I think the NFL has a testing problem. But getting back to, um, I guess, wide receivers and, and, and you know, what are the Eagles going to do? And, you know, it, it's more important, I said earlier in the week, it is more important if Gardner Minshew plays. Because he got other people involved. I think if Jalen Hurts is out there, you know what the Eagles offense is going to be. It's going to be the run-heavy offense. You have Jordan Howard probably coming back. That will only help things. Um, and as Ed said, you have a lot of 88 and 6, man. That's what you do. You go to Devontae Smith and Dallas got it, and that's it. And everybody else might get a sprinkle here or a sprinkle there. Gardner got other people involved. Gardner got Quez Watkins involved. Miles Sanders involved from the backfield. Kenny Gainwell involved from the backfield. Um, there was more 
more people getting involved, more sharing of the football in the first half. And then in the second half, when they felt they had the game under control against the Jets, they just ran it. So it scaled back a little bit. But you can imagine those numbers from the first half as far as targets, not a success. If they had to play that way in the second half, all of a sudden three targets for Quez Watkins turns into six targets for Quez Watkins. And that's that's more impactful. So I think it's more important if, if Gardner does play. But here's I'll uh, play devil's advocate and give you the other side. Um, Jalen Hurts is certainly not 100%. And yes, I guess 24 hours, 48 hours between now and kickoff, there could be a massive improvement. And he's damn close to 100%. Not likely. Um, and he was limping around a little, according to Dallas Goddard. He's limping last. That's a good sign. Yeah. But we'll see if he plays or not. But if you're going up against this less than stellar Washington defense, which is what we assume it's going to be because they have so many guys in COVID protocols and Nick Sirianni could call a game plan for Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts could uh, uh, fit within that game plan and not be ready to run and take off that he's actually going to stay with the play and stay with the read. Maybe he spreads the ball around. And does Gardner Minshew-like things against the beat-up Washington football team? And then that only elevates his possibilities going forward for the rest of the year. How about that happening? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he does play and he's limited in a mobility standpoint, he's got to get the football out of his hand. Um, You would think uh, more people would have to get involved. you would think they would go more pass heavy. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think he's going to play because I I do think they're going to go that way, at least early in the game, uh, similar to the Jets game again. And that's one of the reasons they will default to uh, Gardner Minshew, a, a much lesser part of the equation, because I think the vast majority of it still has to do with health and the fact he's not ready to play. But I think his style of play factors into their evaluation of his health. I think if he were uh, Ron Jaworski in his prime, if he were that type of quarterback, who's just going to sit back in the pocket, not move at all, I think it would change their evaluation of his health and say, tape it up, go out there and go play. Ron, um, that's not his style, so I think – it's prudent to change your evaluation. I think that's what the Eagles are doing. So what you're suggesting is his running in a football game is in his DNA. It can't be uh, uncooked that if you put well, it out I think there, it could be the fact that the coach tells him, listen, you're not running the football. You can't run. We don't want you to run. Don't you dare run. If you're caught, if you're trapped, throw the ball out of bounds, do what you have to, but don't take off and run. You're telling me you think the Eagles believe he's incapable of doing that? No, no. I, I think he's capable of, of, you know, if Nick Sirianni says, you know, we're just going to throw it, you know, stay in the pocket, throw the football. I think he's very capable of doing that. I think he'll follow instructions. I don't think that's his strength as a player. So they don't want to put him in that type of situation. That's, that's more of what I mean. And by the way, 
you know, you could throw this curveball in there, Jody. Because of the situation Washington is in, and we'll continue to monitor, obviously, on Wednesday and who's on and who's off and, uh, excuse me, Friday and Saturday. Um, and if it changes and Jonathan Allen's out there and Montez Sweat is out there, well, I don't think they change. You know, if they have 21 guys on the COVID list, if they have an entire defensive line that nobody knew uh, three days ago, um, maybe you want to put them out there and get them some confidence throwing the football. Maybe you throw that into the equation and say, you know what? We got to, they are on a tee for us. Let's go give the quarterback some confidence and take advantage of maybe the easiest environment he'll ever, ever have in an NFL game maybe that enters into the equation. That could be a nice little knuckleball. That, to that's talk kind about. of what I was hitting at here, John, by saying get him on the field, but just talk him into how you want him to play the position for this given week. Limited, don't run, throw the ball. We can put up some big numbers against this lousy defense. Yeah, that's why I was suggesting maybe you do put him out there, even if he's not the most capable Jalen Hurts possible. Yeah, the only problem with that is, you know, that's a real fine line because you want to, you, you you know, you want to prepare for the game. I'm, I, I mean, and we talked about when do the players know and when are they going to make this decision? And, you know, last week, I think it was Friday, maybe it was Saturday, but it was certainly before game day, no matter what everybody wants to claim in the Eagles land, there was certainly an indication by Saturday walkthrough, the players thought that Gardner Minshew was playing by that point. So they had a good indication. Um, I think they got to make that decision. And, you know, if you wake up Sunday morning and all of a sudden Jonathan Allen gets through the protocol and Montez Sweat gets through the protocol and it's a more substantive defense, um, you know, you don't want to be in that position to, oh, forget it, <laughs> we're not going to play it now. Um, so I think it's really difficult. It's fun to think about it in theory. It makes a lot of sense in theory. But you got to make your plan, and you got you to gotta show your troops, so to speak, that you have a plan, and you, you got to, be concrete about it all right uh i'll give you another one that i have my own theory on but it continues to be shot down and i'm probably whistling in the wind here it's not the first time i've done it uh, here on birds 365 uh if quez watkins isn't ready to go it means more snaps for somebody we know that someone <laughs> has to fill in i don't think they're going to go to just too tight end, have Rager and Smith out there every snap and just play it that way the entire game. You keep telling me that uh, you, you're sold on the fact that Nick Sirianni wants to play more three wide receiver sets, if not four wide receiver sets, than dueling tight ends. So they're going to have three wide receivers on the field almost at all times. Who's going to be that third wide receiver? Two weeks ago, Greg Ward did not get a snap, none. Zero snaps against the Jets. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside got a handful at best. And you know, almost it's a given that J.J. comes in, it's a running play, and he's going to be a blocker because he's very good at blocking for a wide receiver. 
Eagles just don't have a an actual receiving option. Maybe they elevate John Hightower. Maybe he wows us all that he's been opening eyes on the practice squad and he steps back in and uh, is actually productive. I find that a bit of a reach, but uh, Russia Fingo's Eagle fans, it could happen. I've mentioned this, oh, I don't know how many times over the last several months, and you just always just look at me like I'm crazy. Um, but Kenneth Gainwell playing in the slot. I know that you don't have the time. You don't have the practice. You can't get a guy up to speed. They didn't do it in the preseason and say, hey, you know, maybe we could use him as a slot guy. Come, they, You always split him out of the backfield. But I mean, actually, as a wide receiver, they didn't prepare for this. Maybe this is a fault of an Eagle uh, coaching squad that they didn't see it, but they apparently liked all the receivers they had in camp, that they never went there during camp. They just had the bye week in years gone by. Maybe I'm waxing poetic as an old school guy. He would have come into the facility and worked on it every single day during the practice, during the bye week. But then again, when we never had bye weeks in old school, so you couldn't come into practice. And by the time we got the bye weeks, the whole collective bargaining agreement took the possibility of working out and practicing with coaches and teammates on downtime out. Yeah, I'm getting off on a tangent here. Any chance that Kenny Gainwell gets some time in the slot for the Eagles, McMullen? Boy, I'd love to see it. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not adverse to it, especially when, you know, we talked about him being uh, not dressed for the first time uh, when, you know, what happened? Miles Sanders got hurt. Jordan Howard got elevated, played well. Boston Scott played well. All of a sudden, Miles Sanders comes back. There's no role for Kenny Gainwell because you can't sit down Jordan Howard. You can't sit down Boston Scott. And then he got back on the field because Jordan Howard got injured. So in theory, if you have Jordan Howard back, well, now you have four running backs. You don't need four running backs. He's a really good receiver. He's a better receiver than your receivers, which is an indictment of your receivers. I'd love to see it. I think Bill Belichick would do it. I think very few other uh, coaches would do it for the reasons you just mentioned and talked about. And, you know, coaching is teaching. You have to have confidence in yourself to teach players quickly. Uh, and remember, it's not only about catching the football. It's about running routes. You know, Nick Sirianni always talks about route discipline. When he talked about that play that everyone ad nauseum at, at the end of the Giants game with turned into is Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is open. He's open. Everybody had the screenshots, the Sapruder films, Jody. And Nick was more focused on the start of the route and how the discipline was poor by both Quez Watkins and 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 Devontae Smith, to be honest. Um, and he and he was hyper focused on that. Um, that's the kind of stuff it's really difficult for a kid to master. And you got to be in the right spot all the time and from, from a coach's standpoint. So it is a little bit more difficult than people might imagine than just, hey, throw a guy out there and he's good and he'll, he'll handle a different position. But I do, when you're struggling so much and you have a surplus of something and you have a kid who's a natural uh, catcher of the football, um, 
I'd love to see it, but they just don't think that way. And that's what I've said from the start. And they're not going to be open-minded to that because of those uh, details. And they're going to, they're going to trust the receivers they have. But I will say this, you know, Nick wants, and when I say Nick wants to play 11 personnel, and this is one of his strengths as, as a coach. Yes. Other coaches who want to play 11 would bang the, the square peg and say, I'm going to put three receivers on the field. He knows his receivers stink. He knows he's running the football better now. And he's playing more 12 and 13. And, you know, and I give our buddy Paul Domowicz credit for this. So I want to bring up the numbers. Uh, the Eagles used 12 or 13 on 37 of 68 plays against the Jets. So over, well over 50%, 54.4%. Uh, second highest percentage this season, uh, they were over 56% against Detroit when they were just running. The, they ran the football every play in the second yeah. half. So, you know, he 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 do, he's doing what he has to do to win football games. And with a crumpled, crippled Washington defense with no defensive line, they're going to run the football again and they're going to have numbers at 56, 57%. And people are probably going to be upset because Jalen Rager is going to be out there as a crash test dummy sealing the edge in 13 personnel. And they're going to say, Jalen Rager's playing more than Devontae Smith. Jalen Rager's playing more than Devontae Smith. No, they just don't want Devontae Smith wasting him, potentially getting rolled up when they're just going to run the football. They're going to do what they have to do to win the game, and and they're probably going to play more twelve and thirteen. No, then if that's the case, and Devontae Smith's coming off the field, uh, put JJ out there because I'd rather see him as a crash. He's an even bigger crash test dummy <laughs> than Jalen Rager, and that's if the he gets question. rolled up, said, he'd be yeah. less of a loss. Well, no, actually, he might be more of a loss than Jalen Rager. Well, he'd the Eagles, be less the Eagles of a explain that because that that was my question. Well, why not put JJ out there? But they do want the speed of Jalen Rager because they think, well, at least you got to worry about the guy running by you, and then maybe you could go play action, and maybe that opens up some some things. So it makes sense from a from a you know a vacuum standpoint. And I get it; people are going to say, well, he's not going to catch the ball. Well, he might. He might, and that's why. I, I need a John McMullen prediction. We uh, owe Xander a break here. John McMullen prediction. Will there be a play action over the top? Jalen Rager, think he's in there to block. Throw it down the field 50 yards, which, remember, it's probably going to be Gardner Minshew. Will there be yeah, a ball It's going to be 40 yards then. <laughs> 40 or 45 yards by Gardner Minshew that they try and suck the defense in and then get Jalen Rager over the top. Will that play happen at any point on Sunday, John McMullen? Yeah, no, probably no, not. Yeah, no. You know, nice, if they want nice, it. Nice in theory, yeah. zero chance in reality. If, if they want to give, we talked about giving Jalen Hurts some confidence as a thrower. If they want to give Jalen Rager some confidence, maybe they try it, but. Think about the back end. What if what if it works on paper and he drops it again? And he drops it. 
Oh, he'll hear about it from the very partial uh, crowd down at Lincoln Financial. Uh, I know he's going to be wearing green on Sunday, but he better not drop one in front of the hometown folks. They'll let him hear about it. All right, John McMullen, Joy to McDonald, Bird 365. We'll come back, continue to break it down. A couple of national things I want to put forth, some of them COVID-related. Last night's game, something you'll be rooting for, not on Sunday, on Saturday. We got Saturday football, ladies and gentlemen, which I've got one little uh, bone to pick about the NFL and their scheduling on Saturday. So a whole bunch of do. Come back with us, McMullen and McDonald here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at MessaLaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
We are your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Uh, no second guest coming your way today. So just John and I breaking down not only the matchup between the Washington football team and the Eagles coming up on Sunday, but everything else in the NFL. We've talked about the changing protocols that were implemented yesterday in the league for a player to get reinstated after a positive test. He now only has to get one negative test. Uh, and then he can be reinstated uh, for the upcoming week's games. And that have, may have a big effect on the Washington football team, certainly because they've got 24 guys in the protocols right now, and even Eagles. Uh, maybe Quez Watkins does get one negative test, and he can be back up there for the Birds on uh, Saturday. Um, so we'll, we'll certainly uh, give you more on the game between Washington and Philly coming up on uh, Sunday, but I want to uh, turn back the clock 12 hours or so to last night's uh, Thursday night game. Big we big win for Andy oh, Reid and his uh, Chiefs. It's like an analytics uh, square off on social media today. Brandon Staley's a genius. Brandon Staley's an idiot. I'd lean towards more of the latter. Uh, uh, you think he was a little uh, overly aggressive on going for it on fourth down? I was getting a Doug Peterson-like feel out of the charges last Well, I, I think normally uh, the analytics are, are pretty clear. Uh, the more aggressive you are in those types of situations, the better. And that's where, you know, but I do think there's a feel for the game. And ironically, Brandon Staley has talked about this, and that's why he's become so popular as a rookie head coach. He understands sort of the nuances of the game. I I don't think Justin Herbert was his most accurate self last night, um, number one. Uh, so I don't think he had his best stuff, so to speak, uh, to use a baseball analogy. Um, and you end up chasing points all over the place instead of uh, kicking field goals and it goes to overtime and you lose. Um, so – Obviously, you're going to face questions about it. I, I do think in yesterday's game, uh, you know, early on, you know, be aggressive. And then you say, you know what? It's not working out. Let's take a field goal. Let's take a field goal. Let's get six points. And, you know, hindsight, you win the football game. But then again, they could have tackled in overtime, too. I mean, there's no there's no law against tackling, Jody. <laughs> You know, Travis Kelsey's a great player, Hall of Fame player, but that was pretty ridiculous, that touchdown. Uh, everybody on the field taking the, the worst angle I've ever seen in my life. Oh, by the way, in week 15, that's not week one. You know, you were just talking about the lack of practice time, the lack of preparation. We talk about the lack of tackling early in NFL season. This is week 15. Nobody on that team can tackle. Um so there are other issues as well, but obviously they're going to take a backseat to, to analytics. But I, I do – it's like the same thing, Jody. Everything in our world is the same thing. You got one side, oh, it's always right. There's no question. It's always right. And the other side is like, uh, no, you never do it. You take the points. I mean, every single time, every single time, people screaming – on the lunatic fringes are the only ones people hear and the common sense people are, are right in the middle and acknowledge, you know what? There's some good to this. There's also some bad to this. I always bring this up with Bill Belichick and Chip Kelly. 
the difference between Bill Belichick and Chip Kelly is Bill has the dampener, so to speak. He understands, you know what? You can't have the 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 foot on the gas. It can't be floored at all times. You got to realize their situation. You got to have a savviness about you. Nobody has a savviness about it. It's either this or that. Yeah, there there is no gray area. There is no middle ground in our society today. Um, and to follow that up, I'll give you a guy who absolutely fell uh, prey to that last night. And he usually is a guy who, like Belichick, has a little savvy in him. And that's Andy Reid. Game's over and done with. What's one of the first things he said after the game? Well, we wouldn't have won the game if we didn't win the coin flip, which means, uh, okay, so the NFL rules for overtime stink. You got an advantage because of this, and that's why you won the game? Because well, the by, coin yeah, by the way, you really going there, Andy Reid? Yeah, well, that was probably, yeah, that wasn't the best thing to say because what's he saying about his defense? So we can't stop him. We can't stop him, hold him to a field goal, and at least give our quarterback a chance. Remember, you only have to stop him from scoring a touchdown, touchdown and right? then you get, you get an opportunity. So, yeah, I think that was a bad thing to say. But, um, yeah, I mean – Look, overtime has always stunk. The rules have always stunk. Um, the coin flip has always meant too much, even more so when it was sudden death. I mean, uh, then it was really uh, an advantage. I, I don't know. I don't like the college overtime right. rules. The, the only other option is the college overtime. So you want to go to that and do the same thing? Aren't you the guy who tells me that everything trickles up to the NFL? Yeah, I hate the college. You know, the I one of them... Uh, uh, XFL, AFF, I don't even remember. They had somewhat of a better idea. But, I mean, until somebody comes up with a better idea, I preferred sudden death over what they have now, to be honest. Um, no, I, I like the adjustment that they made. I think this is better than sudden death, but it's imperfect. There is no perfect system. Yeah, there, it's, uh, it's not there's a, I, I can't stand college. I, I can't stand eight overtime games. I, I just can't stand it. Um, so it's better. You're right. I, I mean, it's, it's everybody's opinion. You like this better. I like sudden, sudden death better. I don't like the 10 minutes. I can tell you that, that, that just, uh, yeah, they cut that comes down up on you real quick. Safety um, protocols. They're yeah, trying to protect yeah, but that's, that's one that I actually believe that they did implement for safety purposes, a lot of things they've done in the last two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, they blanketed in, well, it's for the safety of our players. I don't believe that for a millisecond. Yeah. It's because well, they want to protect themselves I, from being sued. When I, when I say everybody's in the extreme, I'm, I'm going to contradict myself and go to the extreme. Whenever I hear the NFL talking about safety, uh, yeah, I call I, I call shenanigans. Challenge flag. You pull that yeah. challenge flag out yeah. of your back pocket, Mick Bowen. Yeah. Is that what bull, you're saying? Bull crap, uh, shenanigans, <laughs> whatever. Too much and cursing on YouTube. One other quick note, and I got a couple more uh, league-wide things I want to bring with you. Last night's game. The guy who went out and won both coin flips was Melvin Ingram, former Charger, now Kansas City Chief, acquired from Pittsburgh in season. You'll remember right here on Birds 365, there were two 
defensive free agent, the uh, defensive ends that I were hoping the Eagles would sign one of them. I said, you're not going to pay a ton for either one. If you can get either one, they both have had the downside. You can get them for less expensive money. I want one of these two. I had a priority. I got my secondary choice. My secondary choice was Ryan Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> How's that worked out for the Eagles? Yeah. Hey, well, he's, yeah. he's always got his eyes forward, though, according to Jonathan Gannon. He's got yeah. that good eye contact with the defense. He's he's playing winning football. Can't uh, make a play to save his life, but he's got good eye contact. Uh, and the other one was Melvin Ingram, which was who I actually preferred, but I thought he might be a little bit more expensive. He ends up signing with the Steelers. He doesn't fit with them. And the Kansas City Chiefs very deftly acquire him right before the trade deadline for a sixth-round pick. Not a massive pick. The Eagles got a better pick for Joe Flacco than the Chiefs had to give up to get Ingram, which allowed them to move Chris Jones back inside, and the Kansas City Chiefs defense has been spectacular ever since. And I'd like to critique Howie Roseman <laughs> on this. I'd like to sit here and say, the Eagles should have given up their six-round pick because their six-round pick is going to be better than Kansas City's six-round pick. And think what kind of plays Ingram could have made for the Eagles. Here's the rub with that. The Eagles were on the outside looking in of a playoff run at the trade deadline. They hadn't started to run the football yet. They were still in very much seller mode of Joe Flacco, of Zach Ertz. If anything, they were looking to uh, subtract players rather than add players. And certainly I agreed with that position at that time that the Eagles had and that Howie Rose was implement Howie Roseman was implementing. So I can't really double back and go. Howie, how did you not get Melvin Ingram dead? How how much help could he give this defensive line at getting to the quarterback at the end position if the Eagles had been able to get him? Yeah, I mean, if you go back, you're right. If you go back to the beginning uh, when obviously they brought in a veteran player, um, but you, you also had a defined role. That was going to be the fourth guy. And I don't think Melvin Ingram would have listened to that conversation. Whereas Ryan Kerrigan at the end of his career uh, was more willing to accept that kind of a role. Now, once Brandon Graham gets hurt, everything changes. But if Graham is out there, Barnett's out there, Sweat's out there, I mean, Melvin Ingram's not going to want that role. And then you don't even bring into, um, you know, he probably wants to be, near a contender, which the Eagles weren't considered to be at that, that particular time. Um, the trade deadline, you know, sort of, sort of different. They could certainly use another edge defender right now because of the Brandon Graham injury, but you know, that stuff kind of happens. And uh, right. So that's why I brought up the trade deadline because that point Brandon Graham had already yeah. been noted as out for the year. So you had, a bigger need. We had already seen that Derek Barnett was not having a good year. That's why I said, hey, why didn't he? Well, because we didn't know the Eagles were going to uh, win a handful of games in a row and develop this running game and be able to win games and actually be in a position to make the playoffs. Uh, we can pretend that we uh, have forgotten where the Eagles were when the trade deadline hit, but yeah. that would have been a nice ad had they been able to get him, but kind of unrealistic. Yeah, and yeah, from both ends, you know, because even in a trade scenario, um, 
you know, agents will do their magic and make it clear, you know, this guy wants to go to a contender. Kansas City all of a sudden is obviously, they always were, but even when people were, they were struggling a little bit earlier in the season, um, you know, people around the league know that's a good football team. They're going to be in the conversation. And now he's got a chance to win a, a Super Bowl ring. So big difference. All right, Johnny Mac, we've got two Saturday games this week. Which I always look forward to this time. Maybe, maybe, Jody. Uh, maybe you're, you're you're reaching in your back pocket for that challenge flag again, huh? You think COVID uh, uh, is going to waylay those two guys? Uh, Cleveland, of all the teams, and maybe it's because J.C. Treader is the Players Association president, and he's the Brown Center. Of all the teams, they're making the most noise. I will say that you uh-huh. saw Baker Mayfield come out. And, you know, he he put out a tweet about player safety. And here's here's where I will give uh, the NFL credit, Roger Goodell at all. A lot of people like to attack him. I usually defend him and I will defend him fiercely here. Um, They did set a precedent. And you told me yesterday, precedent is what happened in the last 10 minutes. Don't give me precedent (laughs) in the NFL when it comes to they need to continue to act in the same way. They change when they have to. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. That's the way they should do their business. But they did set a precedent last year, what I think was right. And I think their line of thinking is right again. They're never going to suspend the game because of, wow, the team is missing a lot of really good players. No, it all has to do with numbers. The only way a game gets suspended, pushed back, rescheduled is if they don't have enough players to field the team. That's the only way they're going to ever act on it and reschedule a game in the NFL. And the Browns are down some pretty key players, including not one, but two quarterbacks and their coaching staff. Yeah, I get it. They're handicapped coming into this game on Saturday. There is zero chance it's going to be rescheduled because the no, NFL yeah, is trying, I, they, they didn't do it when the Broncos had to make a wide receiver their starting quarterback. If you've got enough guys to field the team, you're going to field the team. Yeah, I said that mainly tongue in cheek because, as what I said about um, Baker coming out and and saying some things on social media, and J.C. Treader, as I said, is the president of the Players Association. Um, and he's obviously been very vocal on these issues. So uh, so here was Baker. Let me throw Baker up there. Uh, little three-tweet storm. Uh, he said, NFL, make up your damn mind on protocols, showing up and making only three teams test, question mark, uh, exclamation points, question mark. Also, you can keep the game as scheduled to make money. Actually caring about player safety would mean delaying the game with this continuing at the rate it is. But to say you won't test vaccinated players if they don't have symptoms, then to pull this randomly doesn't make any sense to me. Tell me if this makes sense. No test this morning. Then let our team gather for practice. Then show up after practice to test them. Something seems off here. The third tweet is probably the most common sense one. Uh, yeah, you let them practice and then you show up and test them. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but as I said from the start, this is more PR driven than it is health driven or player safety driven. 
But then Baker obviously got a lot of crap about, hey, take it up with the players. You JC, your center, his center is feeding them this information, people. Um, that's the whole point of this. And that's why I bring up. But it, you're right. They're not canceling the game. Now, Grant Paulson brought up a good point about Denver. They did post post game, postpone games last year, a handful of games, when they thought teams were doing the right things, so to speak. Um, and Denver was, they did their investigation, which as we all know, the NFL is the leading uh, organization for investigations. They do a phenomenal, phenomenal job with investigations. If people can't pick up the sarcasm, I'll say it straight out. That's sarcasm. After their exhaustive investigation, they said the Broncos weren't doing what they were supposed to do. They're trying to obfuscate and not the quarterbacks weren't following the protocols. And they said, screw you, play the game with a wide receiver playing quarterback. The whole thing is a mess. There is no consistency. It is absurd. It is all for public consumption. They are going to play the games. The, the, the question is, and again, everybody looks at Roger Goodell. And you and I have talked about this a lot, Jody. Roger Goodell is not in charge. Roger Goodell is the lightning rod for the 32 owners. They are in charge. They are in charge of this league. What they do, what they want matters. Now, certain owners are more powerful than others. Jerry Jones would be the most powerful. Then you have Robert Kraft, and then you sort of tick, trickle down from there. Um, if the right one or the right conglomerate has a big problem with what's going on, you'll see some change. Um, if not, you won't. And to me, the, the biggest question, Jody, is, is somebody going to get really, really upset? Um, like Daniel Snyder doesn't matter because he's, you know, uh, uh, disgraced. Um, if, if somebody misses out on the playoffs because they don't have 25 players, if Tom Brady misses out on the Super Bowl, you're, you're going to see a change. That's probably the better example because everybody can understand it. If the Super Bowl or even the NFC Championship game comes up and all of a sudden Tom Brady can't play, oh, you're going to see some mountains moved very, very quickly, Jody. I would tend to agree. And I don't think the mountain's going to be moved for the Browns or Baker Mayfield or uh, anyone else. However, because Baker can't play. Because Case Keenum, the Browns' backup, Nick jumped Mullins. into the COVID protocol yeah. yesterday. Your favorite. Who's starting for the Cleveland Browns on Saturday, Johnny Mack? Jody Mack. Tra uh, you you love Nick Mullins. C.P. My father used to say K.P. because my father was in the military. And then he transferred uh, K.P., which is kitchen patrol, to baseball, meaning K.P. scouting can't play. So he used to tell me that all the time about it. But Dad, what do you think of this guy? He's coming up for Jody. Can't, can't play. Can't play. Um, Nick Mullins can't play. 
I told you that the day the Eagles signed him. And then he uh, continued to prove me right throughout the uh, training camp, and that's why they moved off him. He had a bad elbow. He's healthy now. KP can't play. And he may play to, uh, on Saturday for the – he's going to have to play. And a better question for you, John McMullen, is if Nick Mullins plays, which he can't, uh, and he gets hurt, who's coming in for the Cleveland Browns thereafter? Uh, uh, I'll give you a, a hint on the answer. I have no idea. Nobody. They, they don't, don't have, have a – they don't – well, they don't have a of course, be the fourth-string quarterback. You got Baker, you got Case Keenum, third string is Mullins. On their practice squad, zero, zip, zilch. They don't have a fourth-string quarterback. Now that you got the third string starting, you got to kind of have a second QB dress for the game. We're 48 hours from kickoff. They don't have anybody yet. How do you yeah, do that, that if, is, you're, if you're the Browns? That is, you know, either um, – I'm sure they have an emergency quarterback. I'm trying to think of anybody – who may be a wide receiver who played quarterback in college, they might have. Um, but they have so many guys on the COVID list to begin with. Right. Um, Jarvis Landry throws a nice ball, but I don't think – is he on yeah, the COVID Jarvis, list? Yeah, uh, Jarvis, he's on the COVID list. Yeah, yeah so he can't – I've seen him throw. They've had a couple of plays over the last couple of years where they do the end around. He throws, he throws a nice ball, throws a nice yeah. spiral. It doesn't matter if he's on the COVID list. Yeah. Yeah, they they uh I just pulled up their COVID list. Uh Jedrick Jedrick Wills is on there. Wyatt Teller is one of the best guards. Austin Hooper, uh good tight end. Baker, obviously. Uh Malik McDowell, who's a starter. Um oof, they're a mess. John Johnson, both their safeties, Ronnie Harrison, are on both their starting safeties are on the COVID list. Uh <laughs> Oof. Now remember, oh, with the new, oh, they with, have they have Johnny Stanton. He played quarterback at uh, Nevada, I think. Uh, uh, he's on the practice squad, so Johnny maybe Johnny Stanton? Stanton. Yeah. How do I not know Johnny Stanton? Uh, okay, uh, Johnny Stanton to the rescue. Let's see if that actually. <laughs> I'm looking. I was just looking at the roster, and yeah, he played. Uh, I'll double check. He played quarterback at uh, Nevada. Now he's a fullback, though, so I think he's put on some weight. The old, the old converted quarterback, the fullback move, huh? Yeah. We see that a lot in football over the years. Not. I I do want to move on to the other game on Saturday, though, because it's got certainly eagle ramifications. The Patriots and the Colts will do battle. Uh, neither one of these teams terribly inflicted by. Uh, COVID restrictions. Um, and the Colts are actually a favorite in this game. I'm not sure why, unless people now believe that Carson Wentz has found the magic again. I don't know if he has or hasn't, um, but they are a favorite at home and they are above 500. Give them credit for what they have accomplished. Basically, and there is no number. I think everybody's looking for a dead set number. There can't possibly be a dead set number because if we're talking about a percentage of snaps that the Colts are going to have this year, nobody knows what the end number is. We can estimate, we can speculate, but nobody knows exactly what that number is. So you can't say they've reached a number. But I'm telling you right now, by halftime of this game, if he hasn't already achieved it because they played 
13 of 17 games, which means they played more than three quarters of the games, a percentage above three quarters. When you get to halftime of this game, it's going to be a given. Lock it in, write it down. Carson Wentz will have ended up playing 75% of the snaps, no matter how many snaps are taken in the last three and a half games, which means Eagles are going to get that first round draft pick, which means do Eagle fans root for a Carson Wentz injury at halftime of this game? Just before the half, Carson goes down, Colts lose to the Patriots. That first round draft pick drops out of the uh, potential playoff spots in the AFC. Is everybody watching on Saturday night to root for a, not first half, second half Carson Wentz injury? Uh, I I hope not. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I hope people aren't that uh, they don't reach those depths. I mean, you're going to get the pick. It's, it's a foregone conclusion, as you mentioned. And by the way, it's in a nice little spot. Um, so right now, you know, everybody's six and seven or seven and six. So even the Miami pick, um, you know, that could go, that could range anywhere from, let me pull up Tankathon where, where it is right now. I think it's, uh, 10. Okay. Oh, which, so yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, just Jody McDonald, uh, opinion, Miami's going to beat the Jets this week because the Jets are terrible, even though it looks like Waddle's not going to play, which takes to his favorite target out. They'll find a way to beat the Jets this week. And I think the Patriots are going to beat the Colts. So Miami and the Colts are going to be seven and seven apiece as yeah. of this weekend. So and, the two picks going to be side by side. Not great at seven and seven, not terrible at seven and seven, right in the middle. Well, 500 that, teams a, at seven a, and seven. It's a perfect example of, you know, just how clustered everything is. Miami would cur- currently have the 10th pick in the draft as we speak today, which would be the one that goes to the Eagles. Um, so Atlanta is six and seven. They would have the ninth pick. The team that would have uh, the wild card picks uh, would start at 19. So the wild card losers, you know, they start reseeding at that point because if you win, you go farther. So right. if you upset as a wild card, you you obviously your 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 numbers are going to go down as far as draft pick. But right now the wild card projected losers would be 19 Washington through 24 the Rams. Washington is six and seven, Buffalo seven and six, Indianapolis would be twenty-one. That's the one going to Philly, seven and six, San Francisco seven and six. And Miami's six and seven at number 10. So no use even worrying about it at this point. Right. Other you gotta, than you gotta let the last four weeks play out. We, yeah. we have fun evaluate. Ooh, the 10th pick. Yeah. Who's gonna be available at number 10? You don't know it's gonna be number 10. Yeah. Not, they win not this week, close. it's gonna be number 21. Yeah. The Colts lose this week, it's gonna stay all right, just outside the playoffs. So it'll be number 17. We uh, we, we really do spend too much time analyzing picks that are anything but yeah. locked in as far as the draft goes. The, 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 only, the good part is, uh, obviously, they're going to get the pick, and that's the good part. So, yeah, I would say, you know, don't worry about it just yet. And people obviously want the Eagles to win, and if the Eagles win, their pick is going to get down. Right now it's 10, 11, and 21. And, you know, that's fine. You know, you can do whatever you need to do. 
you could trade up if you want to trade up. If you like Kenny Pickett, if you think he deserves, you could use those picks. You can move up. You could trade out. You can kick the can down the road. You can trade for future first-round picks. You're going to have those three first-round picks, and that's the most important part, and that's what people should be excited about. And Because uh, I want to show off my Johnny Stanton knowledge. i got to get this in. Not only he began his college career at Nebraska as a quarterback, uh, couldn't play there, went to the great Saddleback College, Jody. Who what? Uh, Saddleback College, the Gauchos. It, I was going to say, is their nickname the Toreros too? The Gauchos, close. Uh, and he, he, by the way, he completed 293 of 465 passes for 3,471 yards. And 27 touchdowns with the Gauchos. That's not bad. Then he went to UNLB. But I think I think my neighborhood team beat the Gauchos last week. Yes. So keep the level of competition uh, focused. Yeah. Somewhere. Then he went. Then he transferred. He finished up at UNLB as a quarterback, and he kind of you know what the bed there. So. And they said, uh, "Can you put on 25 pounds yeah. and become a fullback?" Yeah. And exactly. that's all she wrote. But, but he, he may play. get his quarterback jobs yeah. back this week. He can play quarterback. I, I don't know. Another guy I couldn't pick out of a six pack if I needed to. I'll tell you right now, I'd start him over Nick Mullins because you know what about <laughs> Nick Mullins? <laughs> K, KP can't play. Wow. Now he that can't is play. I'm going to say Nick Mullins is better than Josh. Uh, we'll see. Uh, there's only one way to find out. Tune into that. And we got what else are you gonna do on Saturday afternoon? Which, by the way, we got to get our last break in and then come back and make our picks. Um, my one knock about the Saturday action: I used to like it when it was Saturday afternoon, one o'clock game, four o'clock. Yeah, game, I don't like the night spend game. Spend the whole you, thing. Man. Now you got late afternoon and a Saturday night game. Even like John McMullen and Jody McDonald, two boring, uh, not quite millennial guys. Have other stuff to do on Saturday nights, all right? You yeah. couldn't give us two afternoon games on Saturday? They used to, but now ooh, it's all about television ratings and primetime. Primetime Saturday, people get the hell out of the house. Yeah. So well, they used it. to before the pandemic. <laughs> we're, we're always back to COVID, Jody. Always. When in doubt, circle back yeah. to COVID. All right, COVID will have to do with our predictions. You're going to get those next here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? 
I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Coming down the home stretch, Mac and Mac guys. The only thing that left is time for a couple of predictions on the upcoming game. Uh, I just do want to know. I got to jump in because Mike McCartney was listening to us, evidently. uh, uh, Birds 365, not seriously, but the agent. The Browns just signed Exton's own Kyle Lawletta. So they have their backup quarterback. No Johnny Stanton. He's an Exton guy? Yeah, he's from Exton. Played with the Eagles, too. Giants. Kyle Lawletta. Kyle Lawletta. Back with the Cleveland. Back with the Cleveland Browns. Just like that, you ask. See, now, he can get up to speed and be ready to quarterback a team, but somehow the Eagles can't get Kenny Gainwell no, to be able can't to get play up in the slot. And quarterback a team. They I'm just had to sign that somebody. just flies in the face of logical thinking. All right, uh, hold on here. I got to give you these before we uh, get out of Dodge. Uh, I was on Philly Voice this morning, and on Fridays, all the guys make their picks, uh, and they've got some seriously competent individuals who uh, work for that uh, outlet. Um Jimmy Kemsky, who's eight and five in picking the Eagles this year, has the Eagles winning. Matt Mullen, who's eight and five in picking the Eagles this year, has the Eagles winning handily. Kyle Newbeck, my buddy. I love Kyle. He's more of a basketball guy, but he's not bad writing Eagle articles on Monday. He's eight and five for the year. He's got the Eagles winning. Joe Santa Liquido, who we tried to reach out to today, does a great job whenever he's asked to write for him, covering the birds. But, oh, by the way, he's 8-5. and five. He's got the Eagles winning, but only by less than a touchdown, in a matter of fact. He's the only guy who's got it within a touchdown. Aton Shander, who's 6-7 and seven in picking the Eagles this year. Mr. Aton. Gambling Expert. Aton, the what the hell? 6-7. Yeah, gam- 
the gambling the, expert of the crew, by the he's way. Got the Eagles winning by two touchdowns. Um, yes, we must give credit where credit is due. Evan Macy is 10 and 3 in picking the Eagles, and he's got them winning by 17 points this week. And lo and behold, the last guy on the list is John McMullen, who is 10 and 3 in picking the Eagles this year. I think I'm 10 and 3 too. I don't, don't think we just went right down the board and picked the same no. side every week. There was a week where you picked the Eagles and they lost. You picked them to win and you were wrong. There was a week that I picked the Eagles to lose and they won and I was wrong. We haven't had the, we've had a lot of the same picks, but we differed on a couple and you sit at 10 and 3. I sit at 10 and 3 as well. Eight times at six and seven. Um, <laughs> Johnny Mack, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I, I have no idea, but I have to predict the game. I, I, the Eagles are going to win the game. That's all I know. Uh, the matter, I think they're going to blow them out. I don't think there's going to be a lot of key players on the field for Washington. I, I don't see how they can get them back in time if the tests are legitimate. Uh, one test, two negative tests. If you test positive, you're not going to test negative uh, in that time frame. So that part of it doesn't matter to me. Uh, you start talking about viral loads. I can't get into that with football. So they don't have their players. The Eagles are going to win uh, pretty easily. I'm shifting back and forth. I think I put 27-13, somewhere in that range, two touchdowns. Easy. You win. did put 27-13 on Philly Voice. So that's what you're sticking with? Yeah, for now. I like it. I'm uh, slightly off from you. We're in the general, say, general ballpark. I don't think it's going to be close. I, I know Washington has more injuries and when I say injuries, COVID uh, positive than on defense than offense. Taylor Heineke looks like he's going to be able to go, but they've got no, he's got nobody to throw the ball to. They're not only got uh, guys on COVID, but injury issues to their wide receivers. We don't know if McLaren's going to get cleared. Um, they've got other uh, wide receivers. And talk about for one time. Sorry, I got to break in, Joe. Okay. For one time. The breaking news happens while we're still on the air. Washington football team just placed Taylor Heineke, where you just mentioned, on the reserve COVID list. Who's their backup? Oh, uh, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen's on the COVID list. He's on the COVID list? Yeah. yeah. Then who the hell is their backup? Now we got to look it up. Yeah, I got their their, uh, (laughs) roster right here in front of me. Uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So uh, their practice squad quarterback is who? Practice squad QB. Let's see if they have one. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Jordan. Oh, they just signed him. Yeah. Kyle, Louis, uh, Jordan. Uh, Jordan Tayamu, uh, the St. Louis Battle. Well, he's Hawks. their third guy. The th- he's Shermer. their fourth three. Kyle Shermer, yeah. the ex Eagles head coach's son, will yeah. be the guy calling this. Now, good luck to him. As pointed out by uh, our producer, Xander, yesterday, a LaSalle High School graduate. Yeah. Kyle Sher- Shermer. Oh, my. God. What a nightmare this is. Okay. So I said, uh, I'm, should I update now you? you well, no, 40. I like my score now because yeah. I had Washington only scoring 10 points because yeah. I thought their offense would be you might want to go. You might want to go lower, Jody. You got a chance. Under, under yeah. 10. Final score for me, 29-10 Philadelphia Eagles roll. Uh, should be an easy I assume one. Washington gets a defensive touchdown if they're going to score 10. 
No, they'll get one lucky one. Eh, tip pass uh, off one receiver to another. That's how they get their their one. Uh, no, Antonio Gibson will. Uh, they'll get it down close. Antonio Gibson will be able to pound it in uh, for their one lone touchdown. All right, uh, J-Mac, good week this week. I know you, we had to talk about stuff that neither one of us really had to talk about. Wanted to talk about. Oh, real we quick. To... Again, I got another one. More, more breaking news. Garrett Gilbert is going to sign with Washington. Uh, he is expected to start, not Kyle Shermer or uh, Jordan Tayamu. Does he have any connection to that organization? No, he's a Cowboys guy. So right, he went of... from the Saints to the Cowboys. Yeah. How the hell are they going to get him up to speed? And like that's Kenny, Kenny and, Gainwell and... can't play wide receiver, but the, the somehow the Washington football team can get a quarterback up to speed in 48 hours to start a game. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. And, you know, that's from Adam Schefter, so that's not official. Uh, they could go with Kyle Shermer. I guess Kyle Allen could get out of the protocol. I guess that's the best uh, help, uh, you know, hope for Ron Rivera. This is going to be the biggest mess in the history of the NFL. But both John and I say, yeah, if you're an Eagle fan, you got to take it. If they're gonna, uh, what, what's, your, what's been your favorite phrase all week, John? Hey. The Washington hey. team is doing what for the Eagles? Oh, golf, yeah. Golf they're, reference? They're, well, Dallas put them on the tee. But, yeah, they're on the tee. Uh, the Eagles just hit the ball right down the fairway. They're teeing just it up it. for the Eagles. All you yeah. got to do is make And it's the ladies' tees. You don't even have to go back. <laughs> don't have to swing hard. Yeah. All right, uh, JM, good job. Uh, you and I back on Monday. I will see you then. To everybody else, have a great weekend. Busy day here on the channel. Stay here for the silly, for the middle first and then the silly O show, all the stuff, post-game show. McMullen, you're on the post-game show again? You gotta I am work on with, the post-game show. You got to work if with Marjetta yeah, again? If, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Deacon well, and Devin, man, and Farzetta. There you go. Uh, so you can catch John like, on the share, weekend. Subscribe. And then you come right back us, back with us on Birds 365 on Monday morning. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.